Guys, welcome to Minefields. My name is Joshua Michael, your illustrious host with the other illustrious host, Mr. Tony Morales, who happens to be wearing one of the coolest shirts I've ever seen, hands down. A baby blue Aladdin shirt. I like Aladdin. I like Aladdin too. It's one of the best Sega carpet, Genesis carpet games. Rocks. No, I agree. It's one of the best Sega Genesis games ever. It is pretty solid. I actually own it. I do too. So here's to you and your awesome Aladdin shirt. If I, you know, if I, if uh, it wasn't packed up right now, uh, I'd have gone and picked, uh, put on my baby blue Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles shirt. Ah, nice, nice. Which is a my mom got it for me a couple years ago, which made me so happy. She just saw a Ninja Turtle shirt and didn't realize it was an exact replica of one I had from second grade. Like the exact oh, same, nice. the exact same one. It was awesome. That's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, it's good to be doing minefields. Um, we tried to do it yeah, last week. The last couple, last couple of weeks have been pretty intense. So yeah, the last couple of weeks nice was pretty time. intense. Uh, I want to say it's like full on. Like uh, if I honestly, I mean, I told you what happened the the past couple of weeks, mm -hmm. and if you didn't know me. I don't think you'd have believed me. If I didn't know you, you wouldn't have called me. So, I mean, it, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, but still, it was like Pulp Fiction all rolled in some crazy blanket. But, uh, yeah, it's just nice to be back on the jazz again. Um, loving the Aladdin. Probably going to have to bust that out this weekend. I, I, still got, I still got my Sega, man. Uh, but I do have, I also have that game on Super Nintendo, too. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And it actually, it's yeah, I've, got, I've got a freaking I've got a yeah, like a Genesis port basically that has kind of came with like seventy games and then when I got it my wife got it for me for freaking Christmas and then first thing I did was go out and buy more games. Mm. Yeah, I've I, got like right around fifteen or so. As you should have. Well, let, so it'll let you. It's not just like a facsimile. It's not just a eighteen. Yeah, I got eighteen. 18 additional games on top of the 70 to 90 that are built into the system itself. Do you have the X-Men game? I've got both the X-Men games. Absolutely. What about Capcom versus X-Men? That's not for the Genesis. It was a trick question. I do have the uh, the Justice League video game, though. Justice League Task Force. I never played that. Was that any good? Eh, it was alright. I really enjoyed that Superman game. It was just like... It, it was Doomsday-esque. It was the, the all-yellow cover. Yeah, I think... I never played that one. It was really fun. I think that, I think that, that might have just been for the, play, the Super NES, so... It was a that lot of fun. wrong. I, I love it when people can pull off yellow. Like, in my opinion, the only thing that's pretty that's yellow is, like, a Lamborghini. Or a Ferrari. Anything else is, like, if it's yellow, I don't care. But, like, all no, yellow... The, the, yellow, the yellow and blue X-Men uniforms are pretty cool. Mm, that's different. I kind of like those. I love the classic, the standard. The the classic standard X-Men uniform. Um, the the one that Wolvie's wearing when he walks in to talk about uh, to Forge about Stormin Shields uh, helicarrier refueler, mm -hmm. the one that Morph's wearing like uh, standard New Mutants like like the standard. I love that costume. It's just it's so clean and crisp and gorgeous. 
Yeah. Do you have a favorite X-Men costume out of all of them? Yes. Hmm. I don't know. For its impracticality, I kind of like... I always kind of like Nightcrawler's outfit with the other ridiculously long shoulder pads. Oh, yeah. I always thought that was just kind of goofy and kind of funny. So, I'm going to go with that. I'm loving... And Colossus kind of had a similar thing, I feel like. Colossus is just B.A. just in general. So. Hmm. Or ba- or Banshee's old one with the... Uh, with the extra freaking stuff in, uh, between the arms and the legs, so you could fly. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like that, they, but it's still the standard. It was, it was like, it was a modified standard. I'm gonna land on the the standard hybrid, and I, I don't know if I, which one I can choose because like Morph was wearing the standard with the bomber jacket, mm-hmm. but then Psych wears the standard with. The top half is all blue, but he's got the the blue like buckles and stuff. Yeah. With the bomber, I'm gonna land on Psych. He oh, was. How go with that? He's uh often misunderstood. We gotta do we gotta do a a deep dive in Cyclops, man, because that's we've talked about it before that he is a difficult character to relate to, but the people that do relate to him like are just steadfast, die-hard, died-in-the-wool Cyclops fans, and they're few and far between, and they are always a specific type of person, and that, spe- that, yeah. that specific type of person I really respect, because yeah. like, that's the person that makes the hard decisions, even though they don't want to. Uh, I, I imagine that relating to Cyclops is not fun. Like, like it's not something that they like... I, you know, Age loves Wolverine. You know, he looks like freaking Wolverine. <laughs> like, of course he yeah. does. There's a lot to revel in there, a lot of fun. But, like, people that are in a Cyclops, man, like, yeah, I want to be the guy that everyone hates. <laughs> I want to be the guy, yeah. I want to be the guy that uh, makes those hard decisions. And, but he's, he does well, man. Like, uh, I can't think of a time that I actually hated Cyclops. I mean, he did murder Professor Xavier, so... That was an accident. There, there's there's that. No, the Phoenix Force inside of him murdered Xavier. That That's that's not fair. <laughs> and that's what we're going to go with. Either way, there was a dead Xavier. If, if anyone else had had that sort of power, all of them would have been dead. The self-restraint. I, I I imagine. I think they I, literally they literally put the Phoenix Force in five different people at that point, though. Yeah, they did, and then and then Cyclops was the one that murdered Professor Xavier, though. Yeah, well, goddamn it. <laughs> That's one. <laughs> it was like coming out of my mouth. I was like reaching for my freaking pen. All right, that's cool. Yeah, but nonetheless, uh, this this talk of X Men will lead us into what's in the box. Oh, and I'm glad you said that. What's in my box is not a comic book, but something I'm very proud of that I've been looking for for quite a long time. I got a couple of years ago, 
uh, I got the entire set of the original X-Men Series 1 trading cards. Oh, nice. Now, what is special about this particular uh, set of cards and the second set, which I have not yet found... I mean, like, every time I find it, it's like $80. Not going to pay that much mm-hmm. for it. Um, maybe for the the third set. Remember the one that we saw at Vans? That I, that yeah. I, but I already have that. But what's particular about this set... Uh, check out this Wolverine. Nice. All original art. This is not artwork that had been sniped out of any particular comic book or um, something that already existed. Jim Lee drew every single one. Awesome. Um, he does love his Psylocke. He does love his Psylocke. It's favorite. Uh, I'm trying to find one of the better ones. Oh, this Colossus is boss. Nice. Uh, that's just the... You got Warpath. But, like, okay, so... They dive deep. Wolfsbane, Siren, mm-hmm. Professor X. I'm, I'm going to skip the, the majors. Megan. Banshee. Kyloon. Warpath. Polaris. Boom Boom. Oh. With the bubble gun. Strong guy. He does forge major justice. Multiple man. I mean, so these are all pretty standards, but, like, the ones I'm naming are ones I assume that not people are not too familiar with. This one, Widget, remember him? No, oh, vaguely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, bring this one up purely for the the joy of the mullet bishop. Good old bishop. Good old bishop. Love him, hate him. Depends on what side of the coin you follow. on the day. Yep. Yeah. And... He even landed on the the last card of Superheroes that he did Cerise. Oh, nice. Remember her from Excalibur, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Villains, uh, just because I know you love them. Sinister. Nice. Uh, Proteus Mojo 2. That's a a surprise. It's been a while since I've gone through. Uh, Gideon. Oh, this one... I'm not even pretending I know who this guy is. Mask? Oh, he's a Morlock. Yeah. Oh, this one makes me happy. Shiva. Oh, yeah. X-Men, uh, Wolverine, uh, Wolverine 50, villain. Number 50. Uh, Mojo. Oh, all right. So, um, I'll post this on the Instagram. But for you uh, fans of the Logan movie, that's what Caliban actually looks like. Oh yeah, you know he was a uh, he was super tiny at first. Like he was actually pretty much a um, pretty much a carbon copy of how they did him in uh, the Logan movie. Correct. But he ended up going to Apocalypse because his only power was that he could track other mutants, and he wanted to be able to do more. And he Apocalypse turned him into I believe his I believe he was the uh, the Horseman Death. Before, well, before Gambit took it over, and Apocalypse made him into, um, into that, into giving him the muscle and the mass and all that. 
Gatecrasher. Oh, I think it was Scalibur villain. We got stats in the back. Height 8'3, weight 1,111 pounds. Group affiliation Technet. First American appearance. Excalibur Special Edition 1988. Good good call there. Uh, Gatecrasher's leader of the Technic. Technet, a group of bounty hunters from various other interdimensional worlds. Extra fact. The lizard-like yap can always be found on Gatecrasher's shoulder and is Gatecrasher's means of teleportation. Let's see. Nice. Uh, this one I'm not familiar with. Uh, this isn't a quiz, by the way. Just w- Warwolves? Oh, they, um... Somebody they they were they actually were recently in the last run of Excalibur. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to remember who they were. They're affiliated. With. They're roster. They're basically ducks, they're animals, but Duck Scarper, Popsy, Jacko, First Prince. Again, good calls. Excalibur Special Edition Number One, 1988. Extra fact: the Warwolves are just one of many artificially created races found on Mojo's Otherworld. Um, that sounds about right. Got a good black Tom Sauron. Oh wow, it's been a while since I've seen her in Saturnine. Oh yeah, she's all over Excalibur right now. Knights of X. Yeah, they recently brought her back for that. It's their whole little thing with Otherworld. And then the teams. We've got X Men Gold Strike Force. X-Men Blue, X-Factor, X-Force, Excalibur, Hellfire Club, Mutant Liberation Front, Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, Upstarts. Oh, man, did I love the Upstarts, dude. They really got me on the jazz. There was something about that, man. Um, Technet. And then they actually have the the last group of cards is X-X-Men of deceased people. Sunspot. So, uh, put in perspective, this was printed on Impel cards from 1992. Again, all drawn single-handedly by Jim Lee. Sunspot, Dark Phoenix that are dead, Longshot, Magic. Uh, check out the uh, Soul Sword. Nice. Dazzler, Star Jammers, Imperial Guard. Oh, hold on. Star Jammers starts, starts with Allies. It's just the same color scheme. Allies, Imperial Guard, Allies, Lalandra, Who, Weird Happenings Organization, never heard of them before. Bewitched no, by, I don't actually remember them either. Bewitched by the Black Arts, annoyed by aliens, disturbed by dimensional gateways, whenever something unusual happens in the United Kingdom, is the duty of Who to investigate. Who is a joint scientific and military research team headed by Dr. Alistair Stewart. First appearance, Excalibur number 9, 1989. Oddly enough, who spends most of the time investigating the British superhero group Excaliburs? <laughs> Alright, and then we've got Roma. First appearance on Kenny X-Men 225. Daughter of legendary wizard Merlin. And then there is a, a precursor to the uh, third set of Marvel cards, Marvel Universe cards, where you do like the uh, assembly for the nine. Mm-hmm. For the nine, and it's a danger room set. Nice. And then I've, and then of course a checklist, and then the only 
chase card I have. Uh, I don't know how well you can see it, but it's you. It's too reflective. It's, it's yeah, a, I can't. It's a Magneto hologram card, and I. Oh, I thought it might have been Juggernaut, but yeah. never mind. No, I'm pretty proud of this, man. I got a mint condition set of this, and it's something I really always wanted as a kid, because, like, you know, like, when you, like, get your allowance, like, I think I got, like, $3 back at that time for mowing the lawn. Mm-hmm. I usually spend it on, like, Jolt Cola. Good old Jolt. If it ain't killed you yet, it might eventually. Right? And, uh, I don't know, there was something really special about this set, like, uh, especially the ethos behind it, like, uh, we, we've had this conversation a million times, like, if only they bought him the plane ticket for the wife. Mm-hmm. He's the loyal guy. Hey, Jim, we know you're, uh, kicking butt on old looks and uncanny, you're about to start up old, uh, X-Men and revolutionize, uh, everything that the X-Universe is ever gonna do. Do you mind drawing an entire card set of brand new art, <laughs> like, detailed, perfect drawings of the entire roster of all the freaking X-Men? Sure! Huh? Oh, man. Our per good old personal longtime buddy, Jim Lee. Yeah, I mean, like, we've known him for, what, like, a month and a half now? I mean, like, I talked to him on the phone the other night, and he's just having a bad night. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> I know. He was he was really upset because he took his wife to the not-as-good $5,000-a-plate lobster restaurant that he wanted to go to, and she was just a little irked. Yeah, just beside himself. Beside himself. Yeah, such a, and such is life. I know. I mean, if, if you minefielders aren't picking up, Tony Morales and Joshua Michael are close personal friends of Jim Lee. Yeah, we're not, but he'd be really <laughs> nice. He, he seemed like a cool guy when we met him. I mean, I slipped him my phone number. Oh, he—he he was probably thinking of other things at that point. Yeah, no, no, no. Actually, I—I I, I was. If, if we'd have met Gina Carano. I'd have been ready. Hey, I, we should, we could have. The opportunity was there. Hey, she'll regret not meeting me and charging ninety dollars to not meet me and Tony Morales. It's true. She's gonna be begging. <laughs> she's gonna be begging in our comic book adaptation what we're writing. Exactly. What you got, brother? Sorry, I didn't mean to go so in detail, uh, but it was it was good shit. I good. That's two. That's two. One, one step closer Just to my giant-sized X-Men. Just two. Just two. So far. Alrighty. So, like I said, we were on the X-Men hype train earlier, talking about everything. Is there? I actually picked up this week, via eBay, a pretty decent copy from 1977. Uncanny X-Men. All new, all different X-Men. 103. Hold on, hold on. I, I, I didn't get a good enough look. Put it close to the camera. Oh, snap. That's gorgeous. Oh, man. I love those old school where it says Marvel Comics Group, the the, uh, the bar across the top. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. We got, a, we got a Black Tom and Juggernaut atop Cassidy Keep. We've got Nightcrawler, Banshee, and Storm trying to get up there. So, freaking... With this issue, it brings me down to 
five issues away from being completely done with my Uncanny X-Men run from 94 through 544. Beautiful. I'm proud of you for that, man. Like, your devotion to that. Like, you mindfielders got to understand, like, Mr. Morales and I are completely different people. We completely operate on different, like, operating systems. He he goes in with a plan. I have a loose idea of what I, what I want. You've got your checklist, and I'm just working on kismet. And uh, there are certain times where it, it coalesces and we, we cross. Like, uh, freaking when having the conversation about Strife. Mm-hmm. The conversation about Jubilee. No. And there's it's, sometimes things work out. I, I just like to wander around and bump into things that and, and find something that's waiting for me. Uh, yeah. You are a man with a plan. I don't think so. Yeah, and <laughs> the execution, the sheer devotion, that like you're the John Wick of comic book hunters. I'm never go quite that far, but uh, you almost yeah. shoved me. If somebody else was going to, I mean, you I almost shoved me into a pile of books to to find that strife number one. It's true, and I can't blame you for that. I can't blame that for you. Absolutely not. And it's funny though because they did have two, they did have two copies. They did have <laughs> two, and for some reason they decided not to get it. Uh, and now it's worth and now it's so much more over that one particular store. It's, it's ridiculous. It's but. fine for me, man, because I got what I really wanted. I like remember we're, like you're like that's all you're getting. And I'm like hold on, and I went around a corner and all of a sudden I bumped into Ultra and yeah, bumped into Ultra. So it, guys, like uh, hey. That's how it works. That's how it works. Freaking walking through minefields, man. That's true. And speaking of uh, walking through minefields, we're uh, moving into our, uh, and we kind of decided to have a little bit of fun. Decided, um, but we decided with the, uh, after the recent ROH pay-per-view, like one of the big conversations me and Mr. Mr. Michael have had is the fact that one of the big things Ring of Honor needs to succeed is to have its own roster. Like we're talking about completely splitting the AEW and Ring of Honor roster into two distinct units. Correct. And you know that, that's been one of the big things, other than you know, like a TV deal that they have not had as of yet. Which and is a travesty. It is. But I mean, it's it's all you know. They're they're working towards it. It just hasn't happened as of yet, sadly. Right, and but, uh, the one of the reasons I agreed to this is because you know light years about Ring Honor than I do. Okay. And tell us the rules. All right. Well, we haven't even said what we're doing yet. Oh. But no, uh, we decided for S's and G's, we were going to uh, basically, you know, play that we were the, uh, like, GMs, if you will. I will be heading up Ring of Honor. Mr. Michael will be heading up AEW. And we have, we are going to, uh, each of us, we're going to basically have a draft. We're going to name our top 15 acts that we want on our individual brands. And then for our 16th and final pick, 
we will utilize a forbidden door, which means we can bring in somebody from another organization or just from the indies overall. But not WWE. And just kind of have a... Yeah, but not WWE. And just kind of have some fun with it. Maybe it's a short-term thing. Maybe it's a long-term thing. You know, we're just kind of... You know, with everything going on in the world right now, we thought it'd just be kind of fun to geek out a little bit and uh, see where we're at. You know, we, like you said earlier, we are we, we run on different wavelengths sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've got my people I really enjoy in wrestling. You've got yours. Sometimes they're, you know, very similar wavelengths. Sometimes they're completely different. So I just kind of figured we'd have some fun with it. And so uh, I'm loving it. Because this is just like, um, I'm going to approach this, I assume you're going to approach this the way a booker would in, uh, what, 20 years, 19 years in the business? About 20, yeah. 20. You're going you're gonna to approach this 19 years of the business with all that uh, knowledge, and I'm going to approach this as someone building a burn deck in Magic the Gathering. Okay. A burn deck is basically uh, you are able to get a bunch of people out on the board really quickly that will defend you until you can get your heavy hitters out. All right. And all of it is associated with fire. It's all. It's basically an all red deck. And uh, I've been thinking about this for a while. I was like that that friggin' suicide drive. Uh, Yesterday, I had a lot to contemplate. I was listening to a lot of 80s music <laughs> and uh, going gotcha. running radar hot. And uh, I, I, I knew you were going to have your ethos. I'm not good at wrestling booking. I'm just not. It's not what I do. Like, uh, I, I'm still the, the fan, and I want to keep it that way. Mm-hmm. So, But I did not want to go into this draft as someone that didn't know what they were doing so my choices might be odd, but I have a bigger idea in mind, the way I know you do. Okay. Now, um, we flipped a coin before. Yep, and you you won. You you'll get the first pick. Um, but real quick, a couple a couple of the rules we've we've stated pre prior to um, the draft itself. Yeah, like I said, you, you get you get first pick. <clears throat> you can pick a singles or you can pick a tag team, but you cannot pick a faction. So the uh, the undisputed elite wouldn't would be out, but you could pick the young bucks, for example. Correct. Or you could pick the uh, you know you could not pick the Blackpool Combat Club as a unit, but you could pick individuals from that group. Okay. Um, you can also choose if you prefer to pick one um, one member of a team over the other. You can do that as well. But just to just to clarify specifically for the you know, for the draft, all titles will remain in their individual organizations. Yes. So if you if you if, if I were to pick John Moxley, let's say for Ring of Honor. He would not. He would not come with the with the interim AEW championship. You know that would that would still remain on your show. Cool. Um, but yeah, we got all that. You know, like I said, everybody's up for everyone's up to be picked. 
So, uh, I believe, uh, without any further ado, we are ready for your first pick. Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa is your first pick. Okay. Absolutely. I very... I want to say I can count on one hand when I took one look at a wrestler for the very first time and said, that's my that's my person. Okay. Thunder Rosa, Kevin Owens, and I can't tell you the rest. <laughs> but there is, there is something about the moxie in that girl, that woman. Uh, obviously, I'm Mexican. I'm not going to just side with Mexican because I'm Mexican. But there is something all about the fury the ferocity, the drive, the love of wrestling, her love of her fans, Thunder Rosa, number one. All right. Okay. For my uh, my first pick, I'm gonna go with a uh, what I would consider as a safer option. I am going to go Brian Danielson. Well, you, reason I'm going. You do think he's reason, the best one? Oh, I, personally, I you know. He's one of those guys that can have a good match with anybody. He main evented the first Ring of Honor show. And, you know, he's a guy, you know, that's, not like I said, he goes out there, he does whatever's asked of him. He can, a guy of his stature rising to the top of WWE, you know, that you can't freaking, you can't plan for that once in a generation talent. And I think that is Brian Danielson. I can't argue with that. That's great logic, and I mean, it's—I'd be a fool to say that he's not probably the best wrestler in the world right now. I mean, like, especially after we've we've talked oodles over like Kenny's not the best anymore, but he doesn't have the the opposition to make him the best and put on those six star matches Meltzer would would rave about. But Danielson can do a six star match with a. That floating bag from freaking uh, 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 American Beauty. Yeah. So good pick, brother. Thank you, thank you. Alrighty. So what's gonna be your pick going? Your first pick going into the second round. Dustin Rhodes. Oh. Why Dustin? He's my planeswalker. Now, when you're assembling a, uh, a really good Magic the Gathering deck, you've got to have a solid Planeswalker that you can pull out and have on the side at all times that can affect the board even when he's not in the match. The, the trainer, I mean, if you weren't, if you didn't shed a tear when him and Cody did their first match, you're not a human being. That was one of the most beautiful expressions of poetic wrestling and physicality I've ever seen in my life. Like, like I was astounded. Like, as someone that had, that grew up watching Days of Our Lives, plays Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, loves all of the indie comic books, there was something about what he brought to that when he let let his younger brother and then when his younger brother gave it up like you know the the props at the end like that was mm-hmm. 
It's the only time, other than the Blood from a Stone match, I enjoyed color. Okay. That's what I got. That's what I got. I wholeheartedly agree. Freaking, he's one of the best. He's one of the best of the last generation, easily. He's... Like, when you look at his body of work consistently... He's been uh, he's been amazing an amazing talent for the last thirty years. So actually, I I, I assumed I would have been able to grab him later on. I'm not gonna lie. All right. Well, since you went there, hey, I'm gonna go for another my second water. round. I'm gonna go for another another top tier pick. I'm snagging FTR. Good choice, brother. Good choice. Well, quite possibly, my personal opinion, the greatest tag team of this generation. They go out of their way to make anybody look good, you know. And then with them comes, you know, they they are the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions for a reason. So I'm uh, I think that'll be, you know, got you know, not only have the top wrestler in the world in my opinion, I've also got the top tag team. I dig it, man. Uh, who, if you don't mind me asking, who would be number two, number three tag teams, both AEW. WBE and Impact, like like. I know you love tag team. I do, but uh, that's a that's a conversation for after the draft. Can't yes, give sir. away my secret as of yet. Oh yes sir, <laughs> yes sir, yes sir, yes sir. That that was not that was honestly not me trying to shark you. Oh, I know. I'm just no, but but you're you're correct. You're really out like, there. Yeah, I don't, I, you, you don't give me any ideas. All right, uh, going into round three, who are you going with and why? I'm going with my Forbidden Door pick. Oh no, you get the Forbidden Door pick regardless. So, I'm I'm going you, early. I'm going early on this one. Okay. Rosemary. <laughs> All right. Why Rosemary? As an old school goth, she did it right. Not just because her real name's Holly. Kinda. Um, the transition from Courtney Rush to Rosemary was one of the. It was better than watching Marlena get turned into a demon in Days of Our Lives when Stefano was running wild back in the early nineties. Like, okay. like, like the vignettes. Like, she was hot, man. Like, I, and I don't mean hot, hot. Like, gorgeous. I mean, like, solid. In the ring, right. in the ring, um, I love the fact that when uh, Sexy Star thought she could shoot on her and hurt her because she was in a bad mood, locker room wise, and um, yeah, no, no, uh, it's it shot her to the moon. It it just shined a light on what was special, and uh, like I said, I'm building a burn deck. I mean, no, okay. it, it's not just it's it's not the it's not the makeup. She's got the physicality. She knows the moves. She she sells for people. She puts people over. She honestly cares. I I see the posts that her friends post about her, and um, it it all coalesced into a solid person, a solid wrestler, solid behind the scenes. Uh, I don't want to say without being behind the scenes that she's a locker room, locker room leader, but she's definitely someone that knows how to play ball and you know me that's what I'm looking for 
Okay. Alrighty. Uh, so for my third round pick, I am going to go with another tag team. But I'm going to add a distinct uh, Lucha flavor. Alright. By grabbing Phoenix and Pentagon Jr., the Lucha Bros. In my opinion, uh, Ray Phoenix is ridiculously underrated. Oh, 100%. And uh, Pentagon, I believe, if booked right, has the ability to be the next breakout Hispanic star. I always thought he was already, man. But then again, like that, you can't fault me for that. Like The second I saw him kneeling to the maestro learning ninjutsu moves in Japan and Lucha Underground, I was sold. <laughs> but, like, then again, like I said, days are our lives, man. Like, I, like everything he's done, I mean, the uh, the match with uh, Vampiro, I'm, I mean, I've seen a ton of other matches with him, but th- those are the ones that stand out with me. Um, any other insight on, on Pentagon other than just Breakout Star? Oh, no, I'm not. He's got, a, he's got a crossover appeal. Like, he's just... Like you look at him, he just—he's just cool, and freaking—you know—I want to—I want—I want that on my roster. He is—he's cool. He's cool as ice, man. I can like. Yeah. Can you imagine being backstage with that guy, like, or like a post party, and he's still—he's he, already touched up his makeup. He's full lucha, just mask, and he's like wearing his crispy Gucci's and his his. Uh, Air Force Ones and just... I mean, the guy's from, like, Nowheresville in Mexico. I mean, like... Mm-hmm. And he's like... He's not... He's from... He's not... He's not from... He's, is he from Guadalajara? I want to say they're built from Mexico City, but I'm not... Lord knows is actually where they're from or not. Nah, I love it, man. Alright, so what do you... Uh, who do you got going into round four? Luther. Oh, okay. Why Luther? I'm looking for, so I've gone with some relatively newcomers in the past, what, like eight, nine years? Okay. But I need some solid backers on this. I mean, like, Rosemary can be unhinged, but Luther has this physicality and the psychology to work someone into a frenzy and make them beat themselves. And his history with Jericho, uh, uh, I found a video of him and Jericho uh, like doing matches together and Jericho putting him over, you know, what you do, my hero, um, every time. Um, he made it into AEW on his pure merit, not because Jericho put him over. Like, he's not utilized a lot. Which is fine mm-hmm. by me because you really can't use a guy like that that much. But I'm looking for Knight the Pawn. Okay. And he is genuinely scary to me. If if I, as a child, I mean, like, put it in perspective, like, when I was a kid, Darth Vader scared the crap out of me, man. I mean, like, he was the boogeyman. And as we progress further, like, he's just Darth Vader now. He, he's the whiny little kid uh, that didn't get his way. And then, um, 
there's been instances where we see him be scary again, like uh, at the ending of uh, Rogue One. But Luther has a terrifying quality to him. And not gonna lie, the bullseye in his forehead sold me. Nice, nice. It, the design, the package deal on that one. But physicality, the terrifying quality of it. Your turn, brother. I see that. You got your uh, number uh, four pick there. Yep, I'm gonna go with my. Uh, I'm gonna go with my first lady pick. I believe I'm gonna go with the fallen goddess herself, Athena. She can work, man. Yeah, I mean she's she's an amazing worker. She freaking she's got a personality. Freaking she looks great. She's got amazing gear. You know, if I wanted to uh if I wanted to front a woman's division, you know, she's a she's the first woman I'm gonna try to get on my roster. Alrighty. Heading into round five. Who you going for and why? Abaddon. Okay. Why is that? Without naming names, there was a lot of people in the Colorado locker rooms that didn't believe in this girl. Second, I laid eyes on her. First match, watching Charged. First time I actually watched Charged. Absolutely. Hearing okay. her coaches talk about her, her friends talk about her, they were, friend, they were specific phrases, coachable. Great gimmick, you didn't have to tell me that. Um, she was the first one in Colorado that got signed. I'm proud of her for that, especially after hearing all the people that congratulated her that were being like that I heard from their faces screw her she's stealing this gimmick she's a I, I we, we've had her on the show um, that was pre you getting here um, mm -hmm. but um, absolute sweetheart deserves every bit of success she has I love seeing how hard she's working in the gym, working in, in the locker room, devotion to her craft, not just in ring, but devotion to her character, and also the extra bit, like, she's got the Tom Savini to her, man. Like, uh, Tom Savini, you know, one of the, he's the top monster makeup person ever. She yeah. she never has this, the same look at the same time. Uh, you're, you don't know what you're getting, and she's truly terrifying, and she cares about her opponents, and I know that for a fact from actual opponents she's faced and is constantly trying to get better. And like I said, burn deck. Okay. Alrighty, let's see. So going into fifth round. Fifth round. I'm going to go with a, a larger, I need somebody large and in charge on my roster. I am going to go for Miro. Really? Oh yeah, freaking. He was on my list later on, and I can totally understand. Yeah, no, I mean he's got the size. He can talk. Freaking, 
you know, it's been a champion wherever he's gone. Freaking, and he's a he's a guy that I'd, I'd like to get, see him really have a good a good long term run with a top title. That would be it's, and I'd want it to be something better than TNT. I, I'd want to I'd want to see him be champion because like him coming out with the tank back in the day. Wrestling barefoot. Mm-hmm. I mean, like they they really pulled the rug out from under that guy, and then the whole Lana cheating on him thing. And it was it was just as a Days of Our Lives guy. Even I was like, Mm-mm. <laughs> that guy deserves success, and I'm glad you picked him. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, we're officially one third of our way through the draft. One third, leading into round six. Who are you going with? I need a maestro. Malachi Black. Building a burn deck here. Now, I've got soldiers. I've got wizards and demons. Now I need someone that can control. Now, Mm, as someone that was raised Catholic, I know a little bit about rituals. (laughs) Um... (laughs) I really like his look. I love where he came from, WXW, um, Progress, uh, all that good stuff, man. I love watching him rise through the ranks, and I love the fact that he's one of the few people that, you know, you know, got the better of old, the old man accidentally and capitalized. He's got one of the best action figures I've ever seen. You see how many accessories that thing comes with? It's amazing. Yeah. Now, I uh-huh. now. I picked my soldiers and my generals. There's my leader. There's my ritual performer. You do this, you do that, you do this. Alrighty. Well, it's funny enough because this uh, this round, I'm actually going to go with somebody who's uh, feuded with Mr. Black. I'm going to round out my death triangle by grabbing Pac. Yeah, you know, Pac is another guy that's definitely one of the uh, best wrestlers in the world, pound for pound. Quite possibly, you know, has the most amazing finishing move in the game right now. Um, and you know, you know, for those who liked him before he went to WWE, you know, since he went to WWE, he's packed on size. He's learned the art of the promo. You know, and you know, he's a bastard. That doesn't count. That totally just literally, nope. Literally, his nickname doesn't count. No, it totally counts. Well, it's you his nickname. You can't say that word in front of Belita just like that. That's it, his nickname, though. No, totally counts. No, totally but doesn't count at all. But it can't if, count. If Abuelita hears that word, then she's immediately going to think of someone that she knows, including like maybe her husband. That is an actual B word. Who's that, mo- it's, mother- his, it's his nick- It's his nickname. She would. She would watch it on TV. Doesn't count. That's literally his nickname. Wouldn't have said it otherwise, so it counts. But yeah, no. Listen, I'm so already... Definitely... You, you stole my monkey wrench. Yeah. You stole my monkey wrench. I, I, I needed a monkey wrench, and you stole my monkey wrench. I should have... 
All right. <laughs> you're only you're only losing by two points tonight. It's all right. <laughs> but nonetheless, leading into round seven, who are you going with? Give me a second. I've got my list, but now that you've been, you stole my monkey wrench. Picking Darby. I need a monkey wrench. Alrighty. I need a monkey wrench. I need someone that I can count on to go on and set the whole place on fire and kill everybody, including us. <laughs> like I said, well, Burn I... Deck, there, there are certain cards that will kill everyone on the board. The player might still be alive and still have a couple couple people in hand ready to play, but you gotta have enough mana to play it. But I still need my monkey wrench to go and set everything on fire, including me. All if right. I if I have to. Alright, well I am going to If you want the best wrestling on the planet, you gotta look for international talent. And with Pac and with the Lucha Brothers, I've got Mexico and I've got England. Yeah. Triple what I. I don't have yet is Australia. No, you're not. Buddy Matthews. I actually have a little list of your what I thought you were going to do. I didn't think... Uh, he has no use in my burn deck, but I was anticipating that. Tell me why. Oh, buddy, man, he's amazing. He's one of the one of the few guys to excel in the cruiserweight division when WWE had it, and he, he's a guy that fought out of being second fiddle to his then girlfriend Alexa Bliss to reestablish himself as a legitimate force in a division that nobody cared about. And on top of that, he turned around and became a he's freaking he's building isn't rebuilding himself in AEW. And freaking the guy is amazing. He really is. I dig it. I like the deck you're building. You're you're building what I would uh, classify and other uh, Magic Gathering collectors and players is called the control deck. Control deck is usually blue colored, and uh, the joke is is uh, you find a meme of a a blue card. It just like it's got a wizard blue power going everywhere, and the card just says no. <laughs> like I'm about to put this, I'm putting this heavy hitter on the on the ground, and you have a card you can play at any time with a control deck. You have instant cards, and. This dude is a, a no card. Where I throw down Darby, about to set the place on fire, and before he can start everything on fire, you throw down your no card that says that's 
just as powerful as him. Even maybe even less as powerful than him. But his power says no. Like literally just no. Good call. You're building a control deck, brother. Awesome. Alright, so moving on to round eight. Building a burn deck, you need sacrificial lambs. You guys can can cause a mess, but also people that can get in the way of your heavy hitters, because I'm not going to put Abaddon and Rosemary on the board right away. Those are my phoenixes. Okay. Private party. That one's probably the first shocker of the night for you. Private party. If you're building a, a burn deck, you've got to get these guys that can take a hit and block block the hit from everyone else and die. Take the full force hit, no one else takes any damage, including the player. Private party can put on a show. I don't care what anyone says, even though I was joking about Homeboy's haircut earlier, being the Chad, the Silly String is one of the coolest moves ever. I love it. And their gimmick is hilarious to me, and if I gotta put someone on the board right away to make sure my heavy hitter's that I can't put out immediately to take a hit to protect me, the player, the Fed, private party. It's still a good show. I'm not upset if they're immediately eliminated. Okay. What you got? Alrighty, let me see. Wait, who's the last guy you picked one more time? Because I didn't run it down. I picked, I picked Buddy Matthews for my yep. last one. Okay, round eight. Uh, Alrighty. Well, I definitely need to uh, enhance my female talent a little bit. I am going to go with. Serena Deeb. Tap. In both the last Ring of Honor pay-per-view as well as the last AEW pay-per-view, she has had tremendous matches with both Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez. And freaking while both those women are no slouches, I don't think they would have had the type of match they had with Serena with somebody else. So I'm definitely going to need that uh, that veteran woman in the locker room. And Serena Deep is that woman. You're making me question my mind, brother. I see what you're doing. You were if we were playing magic, you would be playing the control deck. It's making me question my next choice. Like, it's making me feel desperate. Because you're my friend, I can tell you that. Okay. But it's also my choice. Yeah, going into round nine. Just give me a second to make my choice. This is, this is, this is truly painful. Okay. So that's the thing. I've got like two or three people I'm really like. I'm, I'm like, huh. Butcher's like, do I take it? Okay. 
You need your powerhouses. You need people that you can't get on the board fast enough, but when you can, you can control, and when they swing, it's devastating. Butcher and the Blade. All right. I will see your Butcher and Blade. I will raise you XLAX, proud and powerful, Santana and Ortiz. You know, quite possibly the most underrated tag team currently in AEW. Or ever. Yeah. Or ever, barring none, uh, Briscoes. Oh. Or lesser extent, North. That is true. I'm going to say. Briscoes, because of their uh, tenure, but the North, who rock my world, man. Like the the North would get me cheating my girlfriend. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like I remember first watching them. Like, uh, it's the first time I saw Ace. What's his name? I'm like, dang, man, just all right. <clears throat> Is it my all right? Going into round ten, Ruby Soho. Okay. I need my Morlock. She's she's my storm. Okay. She's my gold team leader who has risen above and beyond the expectations I had and unfortunately the non-expectations I had when she was in WWE. Yeah. She's the true blue punk rocker I need on my team. She's not my monkey wrench. She's the DIY woman, the one that sticks to her guns, the woman that rallies the troops when they're down. That's what punk is. Ruby Soho all the way. All right. I am, uh, the thing the thing about when you're building a fed is you're going to need your stars of the future. Correct. And I'm going to debut my first one here. Sunny Kiss. Alright. You stole one from me. That's fine. <laughs> That's cool. Well, dude, I've been a fan of Sunny Kiss ever since he was Exolicious in uh in Lucha Underground. Freaking and underrated as heck, you know, freaking he, he really is. I would I would honestly I would have loved to have had Dustin Rhodes on my roster. Because I saw that they tagged one time in one of the first episodes of Dark. It was gnarly. And it was amazing. It was gnarly. They they just they were so on the same page, man. I remember that one. Yeah. It was like it was like episode three. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was ridiculously like just didn't see it coming, but all you wanted was more and they then they did him and QT and I was like, oh they did him and Jeanette, uh, Sonny and Janelle and I was like, oh neither one was as good as it could have been. You're correct. All right, so that finishes up freaking the the. We're now two thirds of the way through the draft. We have five more picks apiece. I picked Ruby Soho. You picked Sunny Kiss. Actually, we have six left. You count the. Uh, I still have my Forbidden Door. See, and you have like six. We have six I total. Have, I have six seven, rounds left. I have seven left. You have six. I didn't leave anyone out, did I? I know we we each have six left. 
I, you, you're, you're, you're going into round 10, but you have you already used your forbidden door. Yep. Oh, you're already saying. Alright, so I need a big dummy. No, I don't. Or do you? I need my chess player. I pick William Regal. Okay. I need my chess player. I I'm giving him a roster of misfits. I'm giving him a storm, Nabadon, Ruby Soho, Private Party. I need someone to play chess with these people, and the only person that can I can guarantee to do that, even if you had an army of rocks, Triple H's. I need my chess player. And I picked William Regal, and I don't even expect him to wrestle. Okay. This is fun. This is the most fun I had in wrestling in a while. <laughs> Agreed. Ah, uh, let me see. Is your number 11 pick? Yeah. Number 11. Oh, man. Alrighty. Well, I'm going to not only pick another woman wrestler, but another someone that you could build the brand around for years to come. I am adding in Penelope Ford. She's wonderful. Help me understand your reasoning, because I, I just see how good the psychology is and the matches and the physicality, but I'm also not... 20 years in the business. Well, they, I mean, she's an attractive woman. She's she's definitely, like, we, you've seen the improvement. She's kind of a lot like what, how, what you were talking about with Abaddon earlier, how she's, you know, coachable. She's improved dramatically over the last year. You kind of, you'd love to see more of her. And I think she's somebody that could really learn from being in the ring with an Athena or Serena Deeb. You're correct. Alrighty, we are leaning into round twelve. I need, got? I need my big dummy. I need someone that swings an axe. Okay. Burn, burn decks, your big dummy always can swing an axe, can get deal like ten damage, but if you know his weakness, he's done. I'm not saying I want to build the deck with someone that has a weakness, but that's how these cards are built. Mm-hmm. Give me a second, because I'm thinking. I'm scrolling, just looking. I know I'm, I just need to keep looking. My big dummy, Eddie Kingston. Okay. I need someone that can go make a mess. I need someone that can still make a mess when he's on fire. Watching that guy get his butt kicked so many times and still get up, still deliver amazing promos, still deliver amazing matches, and not always lose. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, that was hard, man. <laughs> that was that was hard. Um, yeah. Alrighty. Uh, when you're the best wrestling on the planet, you need a guy that can go no matter what the situation. You need a champion. You need you need a champion of any cal- the best caliber you could find. Mm-hmm. And when you need somebody with championship caliber, you look to CC himself, Claudio Castagnoli. Claudio, good choice, brother. His skills are unprecedented. Like I I I I I don't. I can't imagine the amount of Kool-Aid he had to drink to stay there that long. Yeah. Alright, so we are in round 13. So felon censored. So Daniels and Kazarian? No, I pick all three. Can't pick a faction. You can only get two guys. Ah! Your tag team. GD. You can get two. You can get two. And plus, yeah. You, you said, you said, yeah, you said less than three. All right. So you can get you can get two out of the three members if you want. No. no which no, ones no, you go? No, no, I want. I want Britt Baker. Ah, I, was, I was I was wondering how long that was going to take. I want Brit. I was wondering how long it was going to take to shark her from me, but obviously I've been thinking about it. I, I've been thinking about it since about round five. We have other plans, but I like the psychology that we're doing on this. This is different. <laughs> like, like, like I said, like um, next time you get a chance, I have a lot of unused blue, green, and. Uh, blue and green and white magic cards that are worth a lot of money that if you learn how to play magic uh, you're actually playing it right now and you don't know it I'm just I'm building a burn deck okay a lot of people I can put out to defend like private party I don't mind if I lose those guys I'm just waiting until I can get my rosemary my abaddon Resurrection style. Like, obviously, if I put Abaddon out, she can die and just sit right up, back up without any extra mana and still conquer or still attack. Uh, uh, but Brit. Well, it's just it's just funny you're talking about burn decks, you know, because, you know, when you're playing with burn decks, you know, you're playing with fire. When you're playing with fire, there's heat. Yes. And when there's heat, there's a heat seeker. And that heat seeker. Would be MJF. Ah! <laughs> I was waiting for that. I thought I thought that was gonna be your first pick. I thought MJF was gonna be your first pick, bro. Nice. <laughs> right, you, need, you need that. You need that classic heels to get those that reaction. Yeah, it, it like this whole this whole roster draft has been pure psychology. Like, where are you going? Where am I going? Like, I'm digging this, man. Like. And like we we even we we've never sharked anybody. Like I was never gonna pick MJF. <laughs> like I was never gonna pick him. Like 
But at the same well, time, I, I was totally, I was totally gonna pick for it. But I just want to see how long it would take. I thought you were gonna give me some crap and be like, "Why didn't you pick CM Punk?" Well, he's man out of porcelain. And he's always hurt. Mm. I, I still need some like when I say big dummy, I mean phoenixes. So my burn deck has two phoenixes. Once I get them on the board, they're constantly circling. Even if you are not, even if it's not my turn, they if you attack with a certain color or in a certain way, they will attack you. Even even if it's not my turn. And my big dummy, uh, Eddie Kingston. Mm-hmm. Your big dummies are definitely LAX. <laughs> and uh, if you don't mind, I would like for you to amend your LAX and say uh, with uh, Conan. Can I give that to you on that one? Like, like yeah, there's, would, there's no I'll way. Take Conan, I don't care. Yeah. I. I I, I can't watch. We're kind of better with them anyway. Yeah. Alrighty, we're on to uh, round uh, round fourteen now. Who do you got? Uh, round thirteen for you, since you already did your forbidden door entry. I'm gonna go back in time. I want a boy and his dinosaur. Okay. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. I need someone circling the ground. I've got phoenixes going. And I've got dummies I can sacrifice and people that can strike immediately. And I need these guys or my guys circling the ground. By the way, did you ever see the Simpsons episode where uh, Luke Perry was in? Oh, yeah. Saw he was Sideshow Luke Perry. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. He got shot, like, out of the cannon, straight through the glass, like, through the uh, (laughs) Quickie Mart, while that poo was stacking the uh, dollar jars of sulfuric acid, (laughs) through the uh, sandpaper factory, and lands in the pillow factory. He's like, ah, and then... They zoom out and they're demolishing (laughs) the demolition of the. Yeah, it was great. My face, my beautiful face. Yeah, uh, these are my guys on ground circling, make sure no one gets out. Alrighty. So for my uh, for my next pick, I'm gonna go with another young uh, young lion. I'm actually going to see. I'm going to go out there and do another another young guy to set up for the future. I'm going Lee Moriarty. Hmm. Help me understand that one. A young guy, great technique. Freaking another hot young baby face. Uh, I think in five years he could be up there with your Brian Danielsons, if uh, given the proper opportunities to shine. Now this is going to be one of those conversations we're going to have on our way to another Fed or on the way to New Era because I don't understand that one because I don't see it. Well, that's the thing about being a good booker—you got to make people understand your your vision. 
But uh, who do you got for your next pick? I need a sacrificial land. Someone that can do some damage and someone I don't mind dying. Okay. Sammy Guerrero. If you're going to have a burn deck, you need sacrificial lambs. I already had my dummies out there. I got my big dummies that can swing hard. Might fall down fast, but I need someone that's fast that I don't mind losing. Sammy Guevara, not my favorite, but I need a sacrificial lamb. A literal Agreed. sacrificial lamb. So, Alrighty. So, I mean, we're in Ring of Honor. Yeah, I'm pretty heavy on tag teams, but I can always use one more. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to have a tag team match in freaking Ring of Honor, you need the Briscoe Brothers. Oh, nice. Now, I thought about that. Call that early, but I still needed my my monkey wrench. Darby, but I needed my monkey wrench. Sec for, well, not really sacrificial lambs. Guys can do some little bit of damage. Help us understand why the Briscoe brothers are so important. Because one of the reasons why we wanted to do this in the first place is why Ring of Honor is so important. Because most people don't understand it. Especially those obsessed with AEW that only got AEW that weren't even in the WWE. Like I said, Brian Danielson main evented the very first Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Right. Our first, uh, first DVD they put out. Jay Briscoe was in the very first Ring of Honor match. He wrestled the Amazing Red. The reason his brother didn't wrestle on the card but accompanied him ringside was he was actually too young to wrestle in the state of Pennsylvania at the time. I believe he had to be 18. I believe he was 16 or 17. Um, they've been on. They've been there from day one. No matter, you know. What happened with everybody else, who, all the people that left and came back and whatnot. The Briscoes, there, there is no Ring of Honor without the Briscoe brothers. That is correct. Uh, my, my buddy Cody, uh, when I first, uh, when we first started the podcast, uh, he just happened to live a block away. And I, we'd go to his house uh, over like every Saturday and I, we'd put on uh, New Japan and I'm like, today's going to be really good because all the Ring of Honor guys are there. He's like, I've always wanted to watch Ring of Honor. And the Briscoes were there, and uh, I can't remember who they were wrestling, but, like, one punch, and, like, all this dust flied off one of the Briscoes. Like, are they that dirty? I'm like, yeah, they are. It's great. <laughs> like, nice. literal dust flew off these guys. Like, they dusted themselves like, like they were, like, rolling around in dirt and, like, living in, like like a trailer that with no electricity <laughs> and they annihilated he's like he, he thought the the guys that the new japan guys were gonna win because they were bigger and i was like no no no, don't put your money on that pony <laughs> absolutely not uh the briscoes are the the s i believe mm-hmm. the s <laughs> all righty so for your final pick for team aew who are you going with? Well, when you're building a burn deck, you have a planeswalker, you have the people that easily sacrifice, people that are a little bit above that, the people that can circle in the air, the people that can circle on the ground. Samojo. I need my Godzilla. 
Samoa Joe is my... I, I knew I should have gone for him earlier. That's on me. Samoa Joe is my Godzilla. Um, I need my my big baddie in my burn deck has indestructible. And you have to have this many of this and this many of that and be able to hit me with this. But he'll kill everybody. I need my big yeah. guy. And he's my Godzilla. And he actually, uh, fun fact, uh, his uh, theme song and uh, WWE was actually a variant version of... Uh, Yeah, smile it up. <laughs> Variant version of freaking um, the Godzilla theme. Nice. Yeah, he's my guy with Indestructible. The guy that is going to take me 15 hands of cards before I can even think about putting him out there. He's my... You better hope I... You better hope you can kill me fast enough before I get this guy out. Alrighty. Alright, so for my forbidden door pick, you know, again, you know, I've, I've talked about the international flavor that I want to bring to my show. You know, I've got the Lucha Brothers from Mexico. I've got, you know, Buddy Matthews from Australia. I've got Pac from England. But I, I need more main event guys. And I don't have anybody from the Great White North. I am reuniting the North. Josh Alexander, Ethan Page. Welcome to Ring of Honor. I feel like... (laughs) I feel like we should follow the rules of Magic Gathering and using you and I's new era wrestling magical phoenix powers design some cards and throw down with this with magic gathering rules and see who will actually win there's templates i can do it by tonight <laughs> oh shit there's there's templates i can do it by tonight we design the rules uh those dudes has no that are doing the indie cards They've no-sold us a million times, and I don't see their cards anywhere anymore. That, Yeah? Yeah. I say we design our own cards, do the rules, and I told you all my secrets, man. I mean, honestly, I, uh, I told you how to build the burn deck, and you told me how to build the control deck. Control deck yeah. is a... You want to do that? That's fine. You build your... You throw your crazy guy out there, and I've got to... Uh, I've got Pac that's gonna one punch him in the in the in the freaking jaw and oh by the way he's got a side effect if if I have enough mana for him to do the uh the uppercut uh or <laughs> no reverse uh Cesaro uppercut for Pac to catch him mid air do that Zack Saber catch him mid air stunner 15 feet in the air from PWG. I mean, like, we could do it. But this was yeah. awesome. No, it was fun, man. Freaking, and I ended up changing my freaking The Forbidden Door pick about three times. Because my heart, my heart wanted Suzuki. 
Because of course I did. I really, I... really teetered on that, but you can't control Suzuki. Um, exactly. You just let him do what he's gonna do. Suzuki would be like the 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 random card one of us accidentally gets that is a, a pain in the butt, like. You got the Suzuki card. He comes out there. He beats up all the guys that you already have on the board. <laughs> like, like you know, like like say it's one of his best gimmicks. He just goes out there and beats up all the young lions, wins or loses, and still beats up everyone that helps him out of the ring, whether he won or lost. It's one of the best things ever. <laughs> yeah, no, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> and I wanted to pick him, but building it like a burn deck. Mm-hmm. I needed my big baddie. I, I I can't believe you didn't pick Samoa Joe first. Oh, I, I thought about it. Like he's he's kind of up there with a, with Danielson and the Briscoes as far as like, him and him and Jay, like if I had a couple more picks, it would have been him, Jay Lethal. But I was looking for you know I needed a little bit. You need you know you needed you know you need your tag teams. You need your women. You need your your future stars. You know, and Joe Joe's amazing, but he's also injury prone. Mm. That is correct, which is why I did not pick um, Kenny Omega. That's why I didn't pick CM Punk. Um, I want I wanted to win, but also at the same time, building a burn deck, you are also burning yourself because you're building your favorites. And uh, considering that. I'm up against one of the greatest opponents in my life, Mr. Tony Morales, building his control deck. I, I think we came out pretty well. I think I think if this was a Magic the Gathering card set, um, it would be pretty close. Yeah, I agree, man. Good time, good time, man. Freaking Tiffany. Like I said, you did, you did some... You, there was definitely some stuff I was like, well, of course you did that. But there was some stuff that definitely caught me off guard. Like what? Uh, freaking private party. Private party definitely was the first one that really kind of caught me by surprise because you definitely kind of went with a lot of the uh, the darker characters up until that point. You know, even like a Dustin, even like a Dustin Rhodes has his dark side as we've seen over the years. Of course, but I needed that guy to be a chess player the way I did William Regal do. Mm-hmm. Like his card would be like uh, you throw it on Dustin Rhodes like. Um, Immediate effect, instant. All of a sudden, all your wrestlers are uh, attitude era style, better than everyone. Promo, kick butt, like, like basically Chris Jericho versus uh, Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. but with Real Regal, like even better chess. Yeah, I was thinking. Okay. I was thinking. I was definitely kind of surprised you didn't go with Chris Jericho. I can't go with Chris Jericho, man. So someone sent me this today, and it really broke my heart because they weren't wrong. Okay. Where are you? It's a picture of just Chris Jericho in a uh, in his cabin on the Jericho cruise, wearing his Hawaiian shirt. Chris Jericho out here looking like your recently divorced middle-aged alcoholic aunt who just took a pre-bowling alley night selfie before heading out to meet her Tinder date named Chuck. 
And they weren't (laughs) (laughs) They weren't wrong. Oh, dang. Now I gotta build you a brute... Dude, I have so many Magic the Gathering cards I can't use because they're not red or black. And I refuse to get rid of them because they're awesome. So... I'm just going to get a crap load of uh, freaking magic cards and teach you how to do it. They're worth a lot cool. of money. Some of these cards are worth $10, $15, $20 each. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I don't care. I'm not using these. I don't use anything other than red and black. I actually have my ultimate black deck in the special leather-bound Magic the Gathering embossed skull-colored, like, Next to the uh, photo of Mulder and Scully going to bed. <laughs> I had never played Magic together. That's okay. I got a card for you, brother. Cool. All right. So, uh, realistically, while we run this up, before we take a quick little break, ski, how close is this? Oh, I dominated you. They're, my ratings are through the roof now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it would, it, like I said, it would be interesting to see where thing you know where things go with it. You know, freaking you know if these were the rosters, or at least like you know your TV rosters for the most part. What you know, what would you do with them, or where would they go in you know three to six months or whatever? Who would be the champions? You know, it's real. Uh, given the uh, the thought process that went into it, it's kind of funny some of the names that have been omitted. You know, neither one of us, neither one of us went with a Moxley. Or a, or a Jericho, or Omega, Jericho. or Young Bucks. No. Yeah. I, Even Hangman didn't make it. No, he didn't. I think that is a testament to how good the roster is to people that are specific in their wrestling styles and the things that they like. Yeah, no, there's that. I mean, like I said, with a couple more spots, I think there's definitely, like, I, I, I space them about halfway through, but I really, I wanted to get Swerving, Swerving My Glory, Swerving Our Glory, Man. Swerve Strickland and Lee, and freaking, I, did, I didn't pull the trigger on it. If Golden Lovers would have been part of it, actual part of the roster, that would have been my first pick. Golden Lovers, immediately. Nice. Immediately, the Golden Shower was one of those hilarious, most awesome things ever. Um, picking Darby Ellen actually hurt. Really? It did. He's not my favorite wrestler. He's one of my favorite action okay. figures, but I, I needed my monkey wrench. Man, yeah. I'm surprised you didn't go with Dar- Darby and Sting as a unit just to fill out the <laughs> roster a little bit more. The only reason then you, I, then you then you got a legend. And I agree. The only reason I didn't go with Sting for anything is I'm not being responsible for the end of his career. I'm not going to be Seth Rollins. Like, that was like three minutes in that match, man. Three minutes in that match, and he already screwed him up. And, like, that was his second chance after he broke Finn Balor. Not that it was his fault. I don't think Seth Rollins is a dangerous wrestler. I just think things went. I, I think it was run. a bad idea to give a sixty-year-old man a buckle bomb. Yeah, I like it's, it's 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 a great move and cool, but yeah, but 
you know, so you got you got to be able to do you know know what you can and can't get away with. Certain opponents just aren't built to take certain things. All right, let's let's take it another extra extra level. If we're doing our wild 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 card, any fed, any time, anywhere, from the beginning of wrestling to now. Eddie Guerrero, hands down. Shane. Really? Shane. I like his style. I like his theme song. I like the fact that people were like, there were so many people around me like, he's not going to do it. He's like, we, we were both in Dallas at the same time. <laughs> like, yeah. And there were people where he's not going to do it. The second he crossed himself, it was on. And people around me are still like, he's not going to do it. When he crossed himself, that means he's going to do it, you stupid blankety blank bleep bleep bleep. <laughs> yeah. That's my nuke. Eddie Guerrero is definitely a nuke. He's a friend. Yeah. Eddie Guerrero is a nuke. So the nuke is... The nuke. Is, is, so that's where we're going? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, I'll throw that in there. The nuke, yeah. Yeah, cause you gotta find you gotta find the person that fits in with the uh, the aesthetic of the Fed. You can't just freaking... Uh, you can't throw Hulk Hogan in Ring of Honor. You can't throw him in AEW. It just doesn't work. No, it doesn't. Brother. You know, they threw, they threw him in TNA, and it almost killed TNA. Uh, I was reading an article the other day that how much money that the Hulkster cost TNA almost tanked them. Mm-hmm. It was the worst decision they ever made. You know, they're still, they're still, they still haven't fully come back from that, unfortunately, and it's been 10-plus years. Right. Well, let's take a little quick break ski and come back and talk about some comics, because that was the best wrestling conversation I've ever had in my life. Sweet. Hold tight, brother. Guys, we had to take a little quick. One of our internet broke down. It was mine. I'm sorry. My my internet went limp. I'm sorry. Will you ever forgive me? What in the bleep are you talking about? <laughs> Tony's internet went down, and I was trying to take the hit for him, but he didn't want to let me do it for him, but oh, that's fine. We were talking about Mr. Bloom being the uh, uh, surprise Great. the prize, surprise bad guy. I mean, like, cause he came out so weak for the first, like, five, six issues. Yeah. But yeah, no, I don't... Is this a, is this a month-to-month? Is this a 12-issue maxi-series? I'm not even sure anymore. I really feel like if we get cheated out of this being a regular series, it's going to be the same feeling I had when they ended in Marjorie Lou's um, Secret Sex. Um, Maybe. It, 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 but at the same time, though, what's going I on... I kind of feel like this is a story that has to have an ending. It does have to have an ending, but at the same time, it doesn't need to start a, number, a new number, number one. 
Oh yeah, no, no, no. This is this is a one. I feel like this is a one and done series, but it's been a great series so far. Like, kind of, it's very, uh, very akin to Joker. How akin to Joker? <sighs> I mean, like, like they definitely, they definitely reference like uh, what we were questioning, like what six issues ago when it came to Joker, when they came to the clones, and when and a couple issues ago when they revealed it was not actually Joker and like Bane's still alive. Gorgeous murals. I mean, like, who is this Mr. Gotham guy? Because well, we haven't we haven't gotten that far yet. You're putting the put the cart before the horse. Yeah. Well, forgive me. Because I mean, like, what I was saying before my when, when that went down, freaking um, you know, one of the big things that kind of took us out of it was you know, there's so much continuity and so much uh, the books are working together to get these stories across. But it wasn't that but, confusing. It was just the fact that Bane is dead, but he's alive and well in Task Force in, uh, in Joker, yeah, in, jo- in Arkham he was, or in Joker, Joker he was alive Joker, and well. Joker, yes, yes, yes. You know, and then we turned around in Arkham and he was, he was zombified. You know, Red Hood could kill him to his delight, basically, at this point. And we end up learning that this, we, we end up, because if you go back to uh, Infinite Frontier, you know, that when they pulled the mask off of Bane and they showed his face and he was all, his tongue was sticking out in A-Day. And, like, you know, it was kind of assumed at some point in part in one of the issues of Joker that uh, that Bane was a fraud. And, you know, it, it was kind of a it was kind of a throwaway line. Oh, you know, obviously he's a fraud because freaking Bane's still alive. And like you read, like we both read it and thought nothing of it. It was just a you know, just another body. Yeah, but we were all and we never thought about who the body would be. And agreed. And this is something I want to bring up with you because we were under the spell of Tinian. Mm-hmm. Like Tinian was so good, I didn't. You and I never even armed, even tried to armchair book anything Tinian was doing. Yeah. Um. After. That being said, help us understand like what's going on. So yeah, we, so we go through the issue, and uh, we end up finding out who the zombified Bane is. And at the end of the issue, like, we're finding out stuff that uh, we're going back into back in the day when they were still developing this process at first, and we find out that the uh, the thinker is involved. And they're using the thinkers' technology to help bring, you know, stimulate the minds of these zombies, these um, these corpses. Now, do you feel that he was trying to utilize science without the Lazarus pits? Because that's that's what I was get, the, getting the uh, impression of. Like, yeah, you, if you really want to do this, just go find a Lazarus pit. Leave me alone. Um, science is they not... De- they definitely were, but I think they were trying. They were trying to use a combination. Like they end up settling. On a combination of the two, because maybe these bodies were so far gone they could not be revived, but uh, or at least having the full mental cap- capabilities they were looking for, and that's where the tinkerer came or the thinker, pardon me, came in. But between utilizing his capabilities and the Lazarus resin, they were able to bring these people back. You know, and we find out that Bloom has implanted these uh the zombies 
with some type of technology to, to take them over, basically. His contingency plan. Like, how did we yeah. not see that coming? <laughs> like, yeah. he's, he's, I mean, he's, he, he's basically face. He's freaking got a, a contingency plan for his contingency plans. Like, so they're taking a, a what was the cartoon? Um, Batman, uh, Doom. Where they find oh, yeah. where Batman has a contingency plan for everybody, but Bloom has something that is he's got patience. That's the scary yeah. thing about Bloom is he has patience. Mm-hmm. Like he he opens up the freezer and the doctor, uh, the head of uh, what everything that's going on is like, hey, where's Doctor? What's his name? Oh, uh, he went out to get some coffee. Uh, just after we saw Bloom close the refrigerator door where his head is in a jar. Yeah. I mean, Bloom's a certified psycho. Like, he, he's a special kind of crazy. Freaking, um, but yeah, no, we end up, well, thinking about the scary part about him is he's still a freaking genius. But yeah, we end up finding out at the end of the issue that the guy playing Bane in this zombified form, his name is uh, Hank Clover Jr., and he's Gotham. And for those who don't remember, even before Tinian, when they started Rebirth, um, the first Batman, the first set of Batman books was called I Am Gotham. And it featured Batman teaming up with some newer superheroes by the name of Gotham and Gotham Girl. And Gotham Girl recently had a uh, a B story. And I want to... Was it... Uh, it might have been Detective, maybe? But, um, yeah, she said, you know, the so, whole thing is that... So you're looking for first appearance of Gotham? Yeah, first appearance... Well, first appearance of Gotham is Batman, number one. Uh, Batman Rebirth, number one. Yeah. But uh, the whole story ends up being that the, him and his sister uh, gained powers um, medically. And the whole thing is they can only, they, they basically are kind of like um, like the, uh, the characters in Suicide Squad Blaze, where the more they use their powers, they end up using up their powers and they eventually burn out. Right. And Gotham eventually, I want to say, I think he sacrificed himself, I think. To save his sister. But, um, yeah, the whole thing is, like, the beginning of the story is Batman trying to help a, uh, save a plane that's crashing. And, like, he's, like, saying his final farewells to Alfred. And, um, Gotham and Gotham Girl end up saving the plane. And they end up becoming, um, they end up basically being tutored to be heroes by Batman for a while. Until they go a little nuts and Batman has to take them down. And then, like I said, Gotham ends up sacrificing himself for Gotham Girl. Which is his sister. And, um, you know, she, she, she still hasn't gotten... It's like She ends up spending time in Arkham Tower because of it. Because she's just so messed up over what her, her brother sacrificed. And then she's got that little series afterwards in the B pages that I want to say it was Detective... Um, but uh, those Gotham Girl stories were terrible. Yeah, they weren't great. The, but, uh, the, the the original ones were really good. Um, but uh, but yeah, 
and we hadn't you know we obviously hadn't seen anything about Gotham since he died and now we find out that he is zombified Bane which is an insanely brilliant callback it's not even a callback that's really all that old because Rebirth was what 2016 I thought Rebirth was 2014 but uh, I wasn't I wasn't subscribing to DC the way we are now yeah, but I mean, regardless, of, you know, it's been at least you know six, seven, six to eight years, let's say, and freaking, but you know, now Gotham, you know, for the first time since then, because you know, like I said, Gotham's kind of like Thunderbird from the X Men, where he died in his first adventure or second adventure, and freaking, you know, he's back. So it's real interesting to see where that's going to go, especially like I said, since they. Just wrapped up that Gotham Girl story, and the timing is a little too uh, precise to be coincidental. Agreed. I felt this is one of the uh, the reason I don't think this is going to be a uh, twelve and done is because they're doing the tweener issue so late. Like, yeah. Like the reveals are coming. Um, we've known Bloom is a baddie for past like four issues. But mm-hmm. we have nowhere even scratched the surface of what is actually going on. The way, because uh, remember, I, I freaking I, I think I called you like last September and left a voicemail on you like Joker's done in February. Yeah, and um, that's the last tinning issue, and uh, you know, be prepared before we get you know the ending or freaking. Um, that's it, and they they expanded it, and then with, mm-hmm. with this story, I think things are going off the rails. I think, considering all I know about comic books and what guys that love comic books that subscribe, this is going to be one for the ages. Like the way that like they're making Secret Wars into a uh, uh, television show now. Um, this is important. I mean, we've got Jason Todd. I mean, like, it's Jason. Yeah. The the flashbacks with uh, Two-Face, I mean, like, being the good guy, like, hey, why don't you flip the coin? Nah, I don't do that no more. Um, they're turning everything upside down. Mm-hmm. And I love it. And it's not some BS freaking... Arthur Studium friggin' zombies cartoon. No, this is yeah. It actually ties in with what's going on. The only thing that bothered me was Babs not being available to help in the B story. On um, freaking, uh, I think the meat and potatoes was the B story with. Um, oh, that was, that, no, I think no, that's, that's, that's detective. detective. That's detective. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right, you're right, you're right. Sorry. Get ahead of myself. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to that one. Freaking. Get ahead of myself. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I, I definitely think this is gonna. Like, this might be like a sixteen issue run instead of just a twelve. Because, like I said, I don't think they're in a good position to start wrapping things up yet. No, no, no. But I mean, traditionally, this all the task force comic books they never t- tend to last as long as you'd like. Freaking! I know they just wrapped up the regular Suicide Squad, and like as a as a fan of the Suicide Squad. 
um, going back to the Ostrander run, they never. I think the Ostrander run is actually one of the longer ones, and that was only like sixty-six issues. That's uh, that's five years. Yeah. So I mean, it's a respectable run, but like overall, a lot of the uh, Suicide Squad books tend to, especially since the New Fifty Two, they haven't been overly. They've never been overly long runs. No, not at all. It's always been six or twelve. That's that's something that really contemplate when you are so good, you get more than six. Yeah. Like, and in hindsight. Especially with homie over at uh, All Seas, one of our favorite comic book stores. God bless y'all. Um, mm-hmm. Freaking, we're getting so many Tinian books. Like, like we're, we're yeah. getting side Tinian books. Like, we're uh, I've told you I already paid for the first four issues, uh, the the closet, and mm-hmm. we've been to All Seas twice since uh, in the last I want to say six months. Uh, ever mm-hmm. since the closet first debuted, and like I'm buying, Tinian robs me. He's robbing me, and yep, well worth it. We're we're talking about Tinian with the the dudes in all seas. Uh, harkens back to uh, our argument to never write something off, just because it's issue six sixty five or seven eighty one. Uh, it can be just as important as issue one. Homie over at All Seas is like, yeah, we'll check it out. Um, but then when you come around and bring this in, um, the importance of a story. I mean, we've talked about this till like the freaking sun came up about what's important and what's a canon issue. Um, yeah, I think this is canon. It, it was off the rails at first. It was completely wacky and like. It wasn't a why are we reading this? It was more of a like, is this canon? And then we we can get into the the canon ideas we had, but or have, but yeah. Do you feel this? Well, is that's canon? the thing too. Is I mean, they brought. They brought what? I think it is. I think it is. Just like I said, you know, they 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 they've made it canon. You know, they brought back. They brought in Deadshot, who had died in the Suicide Squad book. Black Mask had shot him in the face, and now they've they've brought the Bane thing around to freaking with them bringing back Gotham, right? Which tie, like I said, ties into Batman. Then, um, you know, it's it's very it's very much a Suicide Squad book because you're seeing a lot of b and c tier villains that you would not see elsewhere otherwise plus we got some men waller yeah yeah plus uh but yeah you see the like the only the only guy in this book you're see you you were seeing on a routine basis at all other than red hood obviously peacemaker would have been man bat in um in justice league dark and even that had been relegated to a beach story it absolutely would have Full so. cartoon or live action? What do you? What would Not you dark cartoon. But yeah, I mean, other than that, like none of these, even Two Face. When's the last time you really saw Two Face go go ham on somebody? 
It's it's been a while. It's gotta be. I'm gonna say what was that uh, graphic novel? Uh, Forked over to you. I think that was like two. Oh, uh, even then, even there, there's stuff after that, but uh, yeah, but even then, the, but there was a build up on how to trust him, and yeah. that that's my point is how to trust Two Face. Do you? In your flashbacks, and, and we've got all these hints that Jason Todd has already been infected. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the whole. I mean, that's and that's the that's the thing because they talk about in the book how they needed they needed Gotham to play the role of Bane to freaking get Jason on the team because J- they they weren't going to be able to control Jason unless they had his hatred of Bane. As a tool to use, which is brilliant. What confuses me is we see uh, Jason sleeping in, in the uh, his high rise. Poor thing went awry in Bloodhaven. All the windows get blown out. Solomon Grundy goes for the killing blow. He mm-hmm. jumps off a building and lands on Bloom, and Bloom just gets right back up. Like, I had a problem with that. You had a killing blow from Solomon Grundy. And they added extra words that he can say. Yeah. Wasn't too proud of, a fa- of that fact. Uh, great knockdown drag out, uh, especially for the illustrations, how you can follow. and But Bloom, doing what he's doing with KGBs there, and then we've been thinking in, and... And then finally we get to see a little bit of Peacemaker. Um, I mean, I, I, I feel... I mean, we can see Amanda Waller being like, yo, you better get this worked out by tomorrow. Um, I think showing Amanda Waller after she took over uh, that extra dimensionary freaking DC Universe. With oh, Earth, Earth 3? Yep. Her being yeah, maybe. here, her being here, but like what bothers me is her half explaining herself. Since when does Amanda Waller explain herself? Yeah, yeah, she's screaming and yelling. It was, you know, GD mad at her and Bloom and her are debating and like, you know, call me this. Uh, like it's just, it just doesn't compute. There's... Maybe that's the reason. Like, like I mean, we just, but I, you know, we just talked about how they set us up with the free with the Bane reveal the Gotham reveal who's to say that's actually Amanda Waller I would like to hope Ama- not Amanda like, like we were we were going off about how they weren't in continuity with these other books right but turn turns either either they were this was the plan the whole time so or they were or they, or somebody was like we need to fix this now and this is how we do it I think it would be more of a think and fix your way and fight your way out of this now, considering all of the fact that how everyone was so PO'd about the clone saga with with Spider-Man. Oh? The the clone saga Wait. with Spider-Man. I mean, like, the, the, like, he's not really Peter Parker. He's the clone, and the clone shows up, and he's not really the real one, you were the real Peter Parker all the time, they re-bring back uh, freaking uh, Norman Osborn and he reveals the giant scar in his chest, it was me the whole time. Uh, 
don't know. It just it, well, see, that wouldn't work. But like I said, and, and either I mean, because that was at least part of it is months ago, and freaking so we don't necessarily have you know it could that could easily be Waller beforehand before they left, or it could be you know they they could easily have switched her out with somebody now, or who's just say Amanda Waller hasn't always had her own little pet that can that can change you know their shape. And pretend to be, you know, Waller. I agree. That way she's always got a contingency plan because she's freaking Amanda Waller. So she's always got a backup. Yeah, she was on Earth 6 and she's like, you don't have no idea who I am. And she's battling yeah. their evil Superman. And she's she's not even blinking an eye. She's yeah. not, And she has no powers. She has her yeah, words. She's, yeah, that's all she needs. So I mean, I say we just ride this out and see what happens. You know, if you know if they don't do anything and it's just Amanda the whole time, cool. Oh, but I'm if sure. this actually ends up being where it's freaking somebody that can you know change their shape and it's you know find out it's somebody like that the whole time. Maybe it's Clayface the whole time. <laughs> Who knows? I wouldn't put it past those twins, man. Those twins. Yeah. Those twins are right up there. The thing yeah. that the thing that bothers me armchair booking wise is my mind is landing on the the twins that are actually who we're talking about blockbuster interaction with bloodhaven um big baddies get knocked out bloom gets away i i he has every condition he had a head in a jar I mean, like, it was only three months ago and we are like, oh, heck, freaking, like, we can't talk about this on regular minefields because freaking the doctor sewed a, the head of a bat onto a baby. <laughs> That's where that ended. Um, yeah. And you're not wrong. And that's the thing about Bloom, too, is like going back to that old thing. We don't, we don't really know anything about him. No. We have no idea who what his identity is. Before Task Force Z, he was in like one three issue arc in Batman. That was it. And like now he's this this over the top insane doctor. Constant like threats. Constant threats. Everyone in working in the facility. Like I said, he so the man the man bat head onto a baby, and he assaults man former man bat, a scientist, telling him this can't happen. And during this chokeout, he starts turning into man bat, despite the fact that Bloom said he cured him. Yeah, he's always gonna be man bat. Is is that mm -hmm. the gimmick? Is that are we both landed on that same conclusion? It's always oh yeah, he's always gonna be. It's always gonna be one freaking one freak out away. One bad day. One high stress one high stress argument with his wife away from being man bad. Uh help me with Robin. You said you liked Robin. Yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a it's it's an interesting filler issue. Like we're getting you know, Lord Deathman just randomly shows up on the the island, on Lazarus Island. You know, we started out with Robin freaking out in a dream you know, with uh, his half-brother who had just died. Respawn. And, he, you know, he's walking over to this place in the uh, on the on the island. And 
this guy's somebody's losing their mind talking about killing me, hurt me, do your worst, punish me, take my life, go ahead. And like all the people he walks by are just covering their ears, just not wanting to hear it. And we find out that it's Lord Deathman chained up in this cathedral with Connor Hawk. And he's just like, do you know, do your worst, blah, blah, blah. And Robin just put you know puts him in his place. Trying and you know, he's too busy trying to find out about where you know Flatline's at, who is Lord Deathman's ward, as it were. And he talks about how she went feral on him and he barely escaped with his life. And Connor and Robin leave, and there's like, can you believe this guy? Come on. Like he's he's just here for attention. I feel like they're building the opposite of Majapur. Like the opposite of where kings, queens, gangsters ever involved in true crime. It's a totem pole. But they're building something mm-hmm. new on Lazarus Island and the big reveal being that uh what's his name, Doctor Death? What was his freaking name? Lord Deathman. Lord Deathman. Uh, who first... was a classic like silver and golden age Batman villain right. whose whole thing apparently is he just can't die he reminds me of that scene in Watchmen and even in the book I'm like remember that guy that used to chase us around and be like punish me punish me take me to jail whatever happened mm-hmm. to that guy oh uh, he pulled that crap with Rorschach and uh, Rorschach dropped him down an elevator shaft and I'm not getting the vibes like that off this guy, but even then, I'm saying more prior to him. Yeah. But yeah, no. So they end up going to Tokyo, looking, uh, looking up all of Ola, Lord Deathman's old, you know, hideouts, <laughs> basically. And they end up running into Batman from Japan, and we find out that. Uh, he left uh, Batman Incorporated because he didn't agree with what Ghostmaker was doing. Ghostmaker Incorporated, Junior. But they end up finding they end up finding Flatline, and turns out the Flatline's apparently a huge fan of Talia Al Ghul, and he got friends out. Oh yeah, because apparently. She, he, she didn't. She was a uh, kind of. She thought it was funny that he was telling people that's his, that she's his girlfriend. Damien Wayne got friend zoned. Could happen to anybody. <laughs> I love. Well, yeah, and oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I go. Now you. Now you. You. You first. Well, we're just talking about how. Uh, trying to figure out what what Lord Deathman's plan is and why he let himself get captured on Lazarus Island. And then she, you know, they, ta- they Flatline asks about how they, uh, they, they, you just left him there? <laughs> and she's just like, you guys are idiots. Like, you can tell she's like, you guys are idiots. You guys are idiots. And, and, and she's like, I love the fact that before we get to that point, Damien's talking to Green Arrow's son all like, uh, trap? Yeah, trap. They know it's a trap. Mm-hmm. And she already knows, like, the higher state of consciousness. Like, it's, uh, like, back to the worst, I think. Drop me, you need know, to hurt me. And, uh, 
Oh, that's just distracting you, so I, I've already broken up my shackles. I'm just going to wait for you to leave and uh, take over the entire island of Misfit Toys. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. And, but yeah, she's going off about how uh, your home base is a giant skull mountain. Like... No, that's that's what he wants. He wants control of Lazarus Island. And while everybody's out there on the beach just hanging out, having a good time, you know, somebody comes in and removes Lord Deathman's shackles. And he's just like, I had to see you, my love. And, like, the last page is Lord Deathman kissing Madam Soul, who is the great-grandmother of Damian Wayne. She's already out of shekels. Like, it, it's like it's... Like, I really feel what she's doing is a chess game. And we talked about that earlier, but from what we've seen in Tinian, uh, Detective, Batman... Anytime we see Lady Rachel Gould, mother-in-law, she has already built up... She's already four steps out of you. Mm-hmm. Like, and... It takes a lot of book reading to make all those connections because what's going on in Robin was pretty whimsical. Um, yeah. Can we not do the superhero fight and then eventually just go straight to the team up? Uh, I, a little guffaw. If I had just started reading comic books, that would have been like knee slapping funny to me. But. The infiltration of the uh, the warehouse. Um, Chinese Batman disappears. <laughs> like, um, yeah, a lot of fire and trial by fire, and I'm liking it because we have seen Demon grow over the past what three years, leaps and bounds. Like he is. Oh yeah. Ever since, ever since the death of Alfred, he's really kind of become a multi-layered character. He was completely one-sided beforehand. Mm-hmm. So a little teeny tiny ball of rage. Well, help me out. Now he's a teeny tiny ball of rage and hormones. Talking to girls, getting here in funny places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Batman's asking about it. But help me out with Detective, because this one was really confusing to me. Let's arrive on this together. <sighs> it's a play. Yeah, it's, it, it, start, yeah, it starts out with the play. Like, it's it's alright. Um, but, like, there's... there's like, I... Besides what they're really... Like, the art's, the art's a little different, which is awesome. You know, we're fine. Like behind the words that are used is actually a pretty interesting story of Batman, because he's like, "Oh, I could do this in 18 seconds," and it ends up taking him 22, 22. seconds. Yep. And like it, it bothers him. You know, and then we see that uh, Bruno Maroni ends up turning into this monster that can't really talk. I thought they said it wasn't really him, but an effigy of him. I thought it was more of like something that was probably already dead they used to use his soul power his uh, never left this plane and granted I'm reading Spawn because you can't leave this plane because all the dead zones are locked but someone mm-hmm. Grundy going crazy and still staying true to his friends um, 
while the rest of them, except old Dickie Gray there, um, they lose their GD minds. Like, like, like it, it wasn't like one of those things where, like, I complain about the Hulk, where I know where I'm looking, who's he punching. Um, this was wonderful. And I felt yeah. the, the story really played on itself. Are you having armchair booking moments on this one? No, not, not necessarily. I'm just kind of interested. I'm curious where it's going to go. Uh, I, I like the base idea of Batman getting older so he's not as quick. And he has to adapt because that's what Batman does. But, like, you know, we're all getting older. You know, you can't, you can't turn back the hands of time. You cannot... And we all, you know, these, we see. We've got all these extra Batman stories going on. Um, my question to you, because obviously, Bats winning on this. Before we wrap it mm-hmm. up on that story, I think that the next person that is in succession to the Batman cape and cowl is Oracle. Mm, maybe she's too smart for him. Good. I don't see her getting in her own way, which I feel is, uh, especially this issue, especially this issue, getting in your own way. Where, like, warning Bruce, like, let's pretend Bruce is in Brazil, he's taking a safari in the rainforest, and freaking picks up a rainbow-colored toad. And the guide freaks F out and is like, don't touch it, don't lick it. It'll give you psyche powers. Um, I feel like this is one of those dangerous moments where true faith and what's actually happening on the streets of Gotham kind of blend. Like, you're living in Aurora and you go to Parker and you buy yourself a Mogwai. Maybe. I I, I don't know, man. It just seems a little contrived. For, for it, the, it, it, it's definitely like it seems that they're trying to do more like they're adding a lot of bells and whistles they don't necessarily need to have I mean this could be a thing that works out you know but we see him and him and Nightwing talking and he's you know it's three in the morning and he's running all these tests and he's hooked up to all these machines and Nightwing kind of calls him on it and he's like you know and he, he's even making old jokes to him like hey you know maybe you're just getting a little older Kind of, it happens to all of us. Holy breaking body, Batman! Oh, you know, and he's looking at this this box he got, this this antique he got, and he's just not sure about it. But then we turn into this this other random thing, this Coronacy organ palace in Shivatterstall. Where this woman's talking to her son who's leaving. He's like, you know, she's like, don't disappoint me. Do what you got to do. And they've already sent these other guys to Gotham to kind of, you know, prepare for his arrival. It reminded me of that scene in Breaking Bad when those uh, cartel guys got to the border crossing and they had to be in their Gucci suits and get in their hands and knees and drag their ways to the witch doctress. And, uh, for them to be blessed and these guys don't have a very nice kind understanding uh, of Belita to give them a couple weeks 
we get these big guys mm-hmm. blockbuster calls in. I mean, we already saw him throw uh, uh, Heartless through window. Heartless. Through yeah. window. And they, I mean, like, what do you think of the big reveal? I mean, the big reveal, I, I feel, was who killed the other rich guy. We got the judge, smoking gun in hand, mm-hmm. Batman. Um, we got a lot of flashbacks here. If you don't mind, uh, everything I just brought up, what was your favorite? Like, the, the revenge or the flashbacks or the way they, as yourself a writer, um, book and shows, uh, freaking... Did they do it right? Do we have a problem here? Are, are we in the antithesis of making sure we never are not there on Wednesdays? How do you feel about this? It's it's the beginning of a story, so there's definitely going to be some stuff that doesn't connect yet. Right. You know, But we got another super interesting callback here where uh, Bruce is joined by Barbados. And if you don't remember who Barbados is, he's the uh, the Bat God that utilized Batman to open the doors to the uh, basically the negative multiverse, which is where the Batman who laughs came from. Right. Now my so. my next my next point here is is that Brucey is on a date. Hmm. <clears throat> Well, we've got the uh, guys waiting for uh, who are next bigger batters. I mean, he's got a date with his treadmill. He's constantly taking his temperature, blood sugar, something's wrong. He just can't detect it right. Yeah. What he has isn't sufficient to find whatever it is that they want to control. And. Mm-hmm. I'm really worried we're going to get another Cordell situation where I was like I, I didn't like it. I mean, it's just I feel like they're in Cordell's, but they're in Rome, and John Wick. Like they didn't kill his dog and steal his core, but like oh, he's already waiting for you. Yeah, you're the saint. Don't worry about it. Just go do what you got to do. And it's confusing to me with that in the comic as something that I want to invest in because I. I God forbid, I don't want to tell people I don't care about immigrant rights, but comic books here, we're, we're talking about Gotham, we're talking about Orkham, we're talking about a feral city. I, I, I sincerely doubt anyone that is an immigrant worker would gladly go to Aurora or freaking yeah. uh, Lakewood, Highland Ranch. Um, not our style, not anyone that we're listening to style. It's just... So you get the money. We don't care. But uh, freaking, we've got going off the rails here. People that are trying to put a Gotham, and you don't respect them. And I mean, how would you feel if you if you were a resident of Gotham, regular Joe Schmo? You're... Get the hell out of Gotham. Like <laughs> right, that's, that's the first thing you do. You move to Smallville where it's safe. Heck, man, like freaking, uh, even Snowtown isn't as dangerous as Gotham. And I don't know about that. They, they had a crazy nun. I don't remember anyone getting branded. And branded. Oh. 
But yeah, nonetheless, this whole episode, this issue ends up going, and it ends with uh, Bruce waking up in a cold sweat, basically. And he finds out the box, the antique box he was looking at earlier, is a music box, because it starts playing. That freaked me out, see a, a, a skeleton and a little boy from what it appears like dancing right. in, the, uh, in the music box. The design of the ghost that's haunting him inside same shoes we talked we talked about it like seven months ago look at his mm-hmm. shoes inside bat cave what what do they want yeah. us to what do they what do you think they want us to do man obviously they want us to keep like buying and reading the comic book but like when we get a hold mm-hmm. of it i mean when we get a hold of it freaking dnr bracelet be damned Sad. Let's track people down. Yeah, I mean, right now they're just trying to deal. You know, it's definitely building suspense for the next issue. Trying to, you know, right now it's all about more questions than answers. Is there so any? Be, uh, is there any particular cliffhanger episode of any TV show ever watched that really like ended in June, start up like late September, right before Halloween? Um, any particular episodes of these cop shows that stick out that you'd like to share? No cop shows, but the old the Simpsons episode when we had to wait all summer to find out who shot Mr. Burns. Hmm. That the, changed my life. The Vegas odds were completely against Maggie winning. That's probably why they did it. They actually shot extra animation of other characters shooting Mr. Burns to prevent people from knowing he actually did it. The powers yeah. that he picked who it was going to be. Nice. I, would you pick Maggie? Maybe. Definitely would have been top ten. Maybe. Well, Let's move on, man. Like, uh, finite time, but freaking, um, good breakdown on that one, man. Great, excellent breakdown. And I want to talk about Gunslinger. Every time I want to talk about Gunslinger and Scorch, I think, like, it's just no soundtrack. Every single one of these should have a soundtrack. Um,. We're saving one dark night for dark coming up, but Robin, we were talking about Robin and Task Force Z. I don't even know how it ended on that, man. Like, freaking, like, Nightmare Country is good. I, I can't do that. Nightmare Country is the Corinthian, and his eyeballs eat other eyeballs, and we can't do that on this show. Um, the night came out. And we're still waiting for that one, but, um, Detective, let's wrap it up with Detective. Mm Okay. How did you feel with the way the artwork was presented? How did you feel with such, like, digital artwork and digital painting artwork? And in regards to, we're on a race. Yeah, like it, it fits the aesthetic of the book that they're going for right now. 
And, like, I'm intrigued to see where they're going to go with it. But it kind of took me out of it a little bit. Like, this isn't... What part? Like, at the core of it, I think there's a Batman story there. Like, there's an interesting take on the the fact that Batman is an older hero. He's aging. He's not as quick as he once was. Which I think is, in and of itself, is an amazing story. Agreed. But then we're just... We're throwing in this other stuff, like with Barbados and whatnot, and I'm like, like Batman's more—he's—he's he's a street level baddie, or he's a street level good guy, you know. And like, if we were doing like a crossover with Constantine, which is what they could be building towards, cool, awesome. But like Batman by himself in this environment, it's just—it kind of. It's not a Batman story, then. Isn't it funny that the biggest villains in this are his internal demons? I mean, like, like he's being attacked by a bat, a man-sized bat, and not being mm-hmm. man-bat. And the 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 guilt, regret, private copy, keep out. Oh. He he's on the he's on the detective move, and it's not even in Gotham. Like, like I said, I'm willing to give it a shot, but like even with the uh, even the the aesthetic of the cover, kind of comes off like they just want it to be Stranger Things. Oh yeah. And I'm like, I, I, I like Batman. I don't watch Stranger Things. Like it's cool. That's your thing. That's your thing. But never seen an episode. Do you feel relieved you've never seen an episode? No, I just... I, dude, I've only got so many hours in the day. And I agree. Um, but at the same time, do you feel relieved that you don't have to watch the show to be Miss Popularity? Remember we quote at the water cooler? Um, times are changing, man. Like, we're going BD deep. And people are have already started recognizing you as your own merit in um but then also on minefields and then also on friggin' uh, New Era. How do you handle that sort of uh tension? People yeah, I don't like people that much, so I don't care. <laughs> I imagine people are always pulling you my point isn't whether how cute you are, it's more of a freaking how many people are pulling you out of a weird situation or an odd conversation because like hey brother we're going to talk about this brother I want to do this brother I don't like want to change what you did and then we already solidified the roster and set our cameras and then we get the uh, finalized five minutes beforehand that's not your fault but you've got great exceptional wrestling predictions I mean like is it even fair for me to buy a lottery ticket? It's up to a billion. I'd say go for it. Why not? Obviously, I'd share it with you. What do you think we do first? I'll buy stupid comic books that we'd never be able to afford otherwise. It's not even a doubt in my mind. Not a doubt. And, like, nice ones. Oh, like, yeah, 9.9, 9.8. Just cuz. Just to say we did. 
Well, we only got a couple books left, man. Uh, freaking Task Force Z, we already did. Uh, we, we're saving one Dark Knight for Dark. We can't do uh, Superman 1 because Mike Allred, we didn't finish yet. Trust me, it's going to be a good time. But uh, Detective, nice. back to Detective. The The thing that really grasped me on this was the fact that the quintessential, the last 10 pages are done by somebody that might be overcoming, but the artwork is done really ugly. And with... If if you flip it, the pages here, it's all secondary and primary colors, blues, mm-hmm. reds, yellows. But we get secondary. We get purples. We get purples on the suit of old homeboy asking for his uh, uh, freaking payday after they both kind of delivered. As Jim Jim boy though is uh, freaking drinking. It haunts him within the space of a couple hours. Yeah. Might as well walk down this dark alley. Oh, there's the body, or she's still breathing. And what does she say? I do not believe that is my name. After Jimbo calls the name out. And yeah. uh, what's the what's the chick with the with the blue glasses? Uh, Divinity. Um, talked about it last episode. The little girl is the expert hacker. Oh, Seer. Seer has a bunch of computers all around her, but Jimbo finds a few computers. Back tattoo. If you pay attention, um, the uh, her back tattoo is actually otherworldly. He. It's not something that's standard on the art that they did. It fits where they put it. But the resolution's too sharp. And I had a friend that said that we should be together again. And she asked me if I was taken. And then also I started thinking about zombie movies. And seeing this naked woman with the giant eagle across her chest her back chest it scared her back yeah it's yeah it's, <laughs> it scared me man it scared me uh jimbo the whole time was talking about how he's useless and just want a job so what you to do he's retired now utilize his detective skills and he's on the hunt unfortunately he spent the last eight nine months in, in one bar well and he gets a chance to fight with Suicide Squad. And it ends with uh, Jim Gordon in The Coda, Part 103. C-O-D-A. A coda is a lot of different definitions for coda. A coda mm-hmm. is the last verse in a symphony. It also means that someone is lying to you and you know they're lying. It also means that is a word implies that there's a falsity. And uh. it also means orphans that were picked over people that were less qualified as them. 
It also means in writing a period at the end of a sentence. It also means a mystery. So this ends with Jimbo finding this missing girl totally hooked up Neo style in the pod. Mm-hmm. And she says, I do not believe that that is my name. When he asks, he flat out asks the name. Jonas? Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're coming to a, a point where we don't know what's going on. I, I do oh, yeah, no, this whole episode issue is freaking giving us bits and pieces of a puzzle we're not going to know the, the entirety of for a few issues, to be sure. Well, the Nimrod outside of the uh, Earth is crapping out. Well, the Master Mold is crapping out Nimrods. And mm-hmm. we get the places where Regans are being hunted. And one of the crew cops in Gotham introduces Naomi, our sword-wielding heroine, to alcohol and overindulging. And still, she goes looking. And, God, like, the Nubian goddess is there, but, like, she's actually talking to Constantine. After that, everyone she's talking to, the person she left with, that she trusted, take care of her for whether it's a one-night stand or just coming to my couch to encounter a man pretending to be somebody else. Or someone that cut their way through the chain-link fence. He just happened to have bolt clippers. Ah. And the seduction of Two-Face's new little harlot while in his actual love of his life, Gina's locked up actual street jacket as he's living it up and I don't understand it it's not bad writing I just I honestly say I don't understand it because it upsets me as a human conscious fluctuating it just it doesn't make sense for her to go there and trouble to happen mm-hmm I mean, like, what were, your, what were your thoughts when she first got busted with the CBD oil that she's been there with a million times and they finally caught her on her and she's been in jail for six months or five? And now we're exchanging some spies for a WNA letter. Not that one of there is more important, but on paper, gambling man. Not landing on black like he wanted it to. Yeah. Uh, not at all, man. This is crazy. We get left. Uh, I think everything tonight, man. Freaking. We had Detective, we did Robin, we did Task Force C. I wanted to do Superman, but I didn't finish, man. All Red is something else, and we're saving One Dark Knight. There's two um, halfway through, uh, Into Madness and Cold Bones, but those are like graphic novels. Um, Detective, God, I want to go back to Detective. Did it rattle you? 
I mean, could you imagine, like, that's who your mom is? And the retired detective just needs purpose and meaning. Am I completely wrong? I don't think you're wrong. I just... Like I said, I just didn't get into it. I, I just... I think it was too much of a departure from what we've been working with. And, like, a lot of it changed. And I'm not... I'm, like I said, still willing to give it a chance. But it wasn't... Wasn't what I thought it would be. It wasn't... Like, I didn't... I didn't hate it, but I didn't really enjoy it. Do you feel this coming back as, a, like, one of those uh, freaking HBO... Like six part issues or episodes, and they don't put it in the theater because I feel they're yeah. really, really oversaturating the market. Like, people never give a GD about Luke, Luke Powers, uh, Jessica Jones. I really don't think they give a crap about I mean, uh, Luke Cage, okay, yeah, Luke Cage, yes, sir. Yeah, no, it's 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 a lot these days because, yeah, I got uh, just finished up. Ms. Marvel, and then you know, jumped right into Umbrella Academy, and I haven't even started the boys season three yet. I'm, but worried, then, uh, I'm worried about that, man. I, I don't and then a couple, a couple weeks later, you know, a couple less than a month out, freaking, we're gonna have She-Hulk out, and it's just, it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of content. Like you've really gotta pick and choose what you're gonna watch if you've only got, you know, there's only so many hours in a day. How do you choose? I just kind of hope for the best. <laughs> like Umbrella Academy is something I've enjoyed every episode for the most part. Have you read you the know, comics? The new... I've read the com. I've got the graphic novels. That's not a. It's an, it's another one. It's like the boys, where it's a lot of it is the TV show is a lot different. Obviously, but, uh, not not definitely not to the extent of the boys for obvious reasons. But um. Yeah, it's just kind of like a lot of the Disney Plus shows I'll at least give a shot to because I'm kind of, I'm invested in the Marvel universe, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Dude, you know, there's, I'll try to watch whatever I can as far as DC goes. So I, I dig in DC, but, you know, Peacemaker was amazing. We haven't seen anything. I think Sandman's the next thing that's coming up. Yeah, Sandman comes out early August, and I'm really worried about that, man. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. You know, I'm not. I've never read it, so I'm obviously not as invested as you are in it. But um, hopefully, it'll be good. The Sandman yeah. is my Bible. I have a friend that I recently reconnected with that her and I considered the Sandman our Bible. Okay. We talked earlier, card-carrying Catholic. Mm -hmm. Also, if anyone wants to say that I am a bad Catholic because I practice Wiccan traditions, then kiss my ass because... Three. Because there's a goddess involved in Catholicism that perfectly aligns with just being a good person. Base that's all what it is. I want to need your connection and uh, understanding what's going on. But the Sandman involves the endless. 
anthropomorphic ideas that no matter who you are or where you're from, Ohio, Cleveland, Mars, Jupiter, when Constantine introduced John Jones to the uh, salmon to to dream, he looked like to Constantine. He looked like just some goth guy. To John Jones, he looked like a ball of flame. Gotcha. Without question, it's not like he injures himself and all of a sudden he turned to it a ball of flame. He opened the door and there was a ball of flame standing next to John Constantine. Part of his religion. Yeah. Universal constants. Dreams, death, delight turned into delirium. The reluctance of the older brother destruction going away and staying away from them because he does not want to be destruction. Despair, delight, desire. Obviously, Neil Gaiman took a page from old, uh, Stan LeMan Lee on the same letters. Destiny, carrying the book that what has been and what will be. And they're they're doing the show. And yeah. I'm, I'm really worried about it, man, because, like, it's very specific. And I tried to watch the Preacher show, and also very specific. It didn't satiate me to watch what I wanted to watch, which is fine. A lot of people liked it. Do I want yeah. them? Do, do you want someone to like something that you're so emotionally invested in and have problems with it? Yeah. Do you? Uh, it just really kind of comes down to depending. It just depends on how much you're into it, man. Like, certain things just kind of. Like, I let a lot of stuff slide. Like, I'm not looking. It doesn't have to be an exact. Facsimile. Uh, yeah, facsimile of the, you know, the original material. Or, you know, like in the case of Umbrella Academy, if I didn't read it beforehand, I don't, I just don't know. But, um, you know, sometimes that stuff matters. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it changes for the better. Sometimes it's made with a reason that makes sense. Sometimes it's made for a reason that doesn't make sense. And it's just to, you know, check a box off off a list. And it really kind of, it depends. Speaking of checking a box off the list, help me understand what happened to Gambit. Because I read about it, and I've got it, and I'm so hesitant to read it, because for what I understand, they they killed Gambit, and they're not bringing him back? After yeah. some... And we're going to see what happens, man. Freaking, because he, uh, he died in another world. He was, uh... He got. He was attacking. I think Merlin, if I remember correctly, and freaking Merlin killed him. And since he died in another world, they bring him back. He won't be the same. It doesn't mean they're not going to bring him back. It just means he'll be different somehow. I, so uh, I did. I read issue four, which is how are they? Um, you know, they're still on their their quest. And freaking. 
Yeah, um, they haven't really. They haven't. They haven't gotten to the point where they're trying to bring him back yet. So we'll see what. Uh, see what happens when they do. But they're also are doing a uh, a Gambit mini series right now, which apparently might be retelling his origin. So see what happens with that. Back to Detective. Was the operatic sensibilities where they were waiting for you, they know who Bruce Wayne is, like, you briefly touched on it in Detective. Mm Mm-hmm. Did it bother you that they immediately start off knowing who Bruce Wayne is? And it also involves a music box... I don't know, man. Like, Hell, Hellraiser aside, it's offending mm-hmm. my sensibilities. Did you, did you have any sort of ideas that would just not be a music bot that opens up with ballerinas and they, they do about the pearls? And I felt it was really convoluted, but the artwork is amazing. Yeah, like I said, I just thought I'm, I'm interested to see where it's going to go, but as of right now, I didn't care for it. Like I just thought it was, it's just too far out of the out of what Batman normally is for me. Yeah, you know, I think it's it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with the TV shows. You know, if it's so far removed from the the TV the shows or it's so far removed from the source material, is it even really based on a comic book? And that's maybe that's where I'm at with that, which kind of you know. I don't want to say it makes me a hypocrite, but it definitely kind of is like, oh, you know, I don't care. And then, oh, I care a lot, actually. This wasn't what I was looking for. Tinian definitely made us run past those lines without looking, but these new stories, like, despite the fact that the artwork is amazing and they're hinting at vampires again, it just... Why? Oh. Like, like... People mock indie comic book stories, and I told you about when George, uh, owner of Muse, was uh, overhearing a conversation with a couple of buddies of mine that were doing like eat free pizza and freaking draw comic books and just chat. And yeah. uh, one of the dudes was like, "Ah, who cares about Wolverine?" And George was like, "How dare you say that? You don't know what we knew. We only knew what we knew from Weapon X." And that took months, and respect the timeline, and, but we also have the luxury I don't know, man, I could be broke as a joke, but still as I can buy comic books, be richer than everybody else. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, man, I think it's uh, probably a good spot to end it on. It's your turn. All right. Thank you guys for watching. This is Minefields. This is Dangerous. Transmission is over. By the hats. By the hats, shirts, new era is coming up August 13th. Buy tickets. Be there, be square.